Strachan and Bell together. There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now. This will be the fourth goal for Aberdeen. Cooper puts it in with the when things are going wrong against you if you don't get the breaks of the ball Cooper in with Stewart he didn't really know where the ball was but he got the break and as you say it's a schoolboy's dream being able to take your time knowing that really all you've got to do is crack it into the back of the net Hello and welcome to the latest Here We Go podcast. The Dons and nothing but the Dons every week. Well, not really every week. Every week that we can get our asses in gear is probably a more accurate tagline. Uh, but this week is one of those weeks, you lucky, lucky people. So playing Debbie McGee to my Paul Daniels. I'm not sure who comes out of that worst. It's Martin Clunas. Um, thanks very much, Richard. At least it means that I'm alive and you're not. <laughs> Also with us this week, making a welcome return to the show, is a man behind the What a Stramash uh, Aberdeen blog, Lewis Walker. Evening, Lewis. Good evening. Good to be here. I don't have a rehearsed um, intro like you two, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> How's your summer been? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, pretty busy. I've got a dissertation due in October, so hence zero blogs. But, you know, it's almost done. Okay, good. So we expect a, a resumption of blogging activity once that's out of the way. Uh, but straight into it, after some of quite a bit of movement in and out of Pataudry, confirmation this week that the management team of Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty wouldn't be going anywhere. They signed new deals tying them to the club until summer 2022, a two-year extension on the previous contracts, which was due to run out next summer. Now, obviously, Lewis... If you look at the uh, movement this summer, it's been a clear attempt to have a settled squad for the next two seasons, at least, I would say. It's pretty natural that this should include the manager. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there was much... Like, it came as a bit of a surprise when it was announced, but only because there wasn't much chatter about it. I think it felt almost inevitable that they would carry on the job that they've been doing. And it's just a case of signing that contract. There's not really been much speculation otherwise. Um, So, yeah, while some people... um, I've tended to want to get rid of him fairly recently on Twitter and things. Um, I think it was always going to be the case, and it's good to have continued is that a word? Continuous continuity um, with the with the manager in charge. So um, yeah, I think it's a good thing, all considered. They are in a bit of an odd place, aren't they, Martin? Because you know, just continuing to do pretty well at Aberdeen isn't going to have anything like the same impact it had in the first couple of years, is it? People are always going to want more, and, and I include by people, I include me and you and that no, we, we've kind of said, no, we want no want trophies, we want no success in Europe, we want to get further in everything I wasn't I wasn't hugely surprised that it, it happened, the timing was quite surprising, I thought, um, just no, it happened in the day it did the board have invested. You know, they've given them you no, know, not a not a huge you no know, king's ransom amount to spend, but you no, know, they've they've spent. They've you no know, a couple of transfer fees. You know, they've they've brought in players that. Well, we spoke about Craig Bryson last week that we you know, probably thought that we wouldn't be able to achieve. So, 
um, offering the manager and, and his assistant a new deal seems to kind of just seems to make sense, really. Um, you know, he, Derek said, you no, know, he wants to be here for you know the new stadium and all that kind of carry on. And there's no secret that he wants to stay. He's been very public with that. You would assume that you know behind the scenes they've had conversations already, and it's just a case of just this was a case of you know just let's get it signed and sealed because the last thing you want, I think, is. You know, a situation where managers are in the sort of the la- towards the end of their contract, running da- running down deals. You, you, th- you talk about you no know, last time we know we're you know, in Europe with with no previous managers. That last four or five months under Jimmy Calder, we you know with him, with the contract running down, nobody knowing what's going to happen. It was a poisonous atmosphere. Uh, you don't want that to be happening again. Well, I don't think Calderwood was actually out of contract. Certainly, everyone thought. The- probability was a break was happening at the end yeah. of the season. But Lewis, I think it is fair to say that managers rarely act like players and leave the club at the end of their contract, just have it run down. I mean, normally they either move on somewhere of their own volition or they get sacked. So this stability is quite unusual for, it's certainly unusual for Aberdeen, but it's unusual for any club really, isn't it? Yeah, especially these days, it's really unusual to have a manager staying for as long as he has and it looks like continuing to, to do so. Um I think it was. He's got pros and cons, but for the position we're in now with the the new stadium horizon, I think the especially from a board's perspective, the steady, consistent nature of McInnes and Doherty was always going to be the the likely outcome of them signing the new contract. Yeah, I think I think we all saw it coming, really. Martin, would you would you been tempted to roll the dice though? Not at the moment, no. You know, I'm I'm neither in the McInnes out or the McInnes in camp. Really, I cannot. You know, over the over the years we've been doing this, I've flipped and flopped so many times. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to pin down what my opinion on it really is. At the moment, I certainly would I wouldn't have rolled the dice. No, um, I think we've got I think we've got a quite a, a, a pretty a strong squad. Um, I think you no know, some continuity would is the right thing to do. You know, having players like Lewis Ferguson and Joe Lewis on long term contracts. You no. Know, even Scott McKenna on a long-term contract. No, no, we can. No, we talk about this every time. You know, will he? Won't he? But you know, having these guys signed up for a long time and having you know not a lot of people out of contract next summer, it's an exciting time. And I think that you know, the, it would be it's sensible to offer the manager a new deal when you've backed him by allowing him to sign so many players and extend so many contracts. And that relative stability within the squad, uh, Lewis, and we didn't really touch upon this last week, despite the fact we, we went through a lot of new signings. It's something we haven't had for a good three or four years, isn't it? There are a couple of players coming out of contract next summer, but it's guys like Gleason, it's guys like Cherney, it's not key first team members. So, you know, each of the last few summers has been absolutely overshadowed by key players moving on out of contract. Yeah, it's quite an exciting... Although um, quite well, we don't really know what to expect. So there's so many different players, um, different different um, sort of players as well. Not just like for like coming in and players we haven't heard of much, which is quite unusual. Usually he's he's picking up these players that we've all seen play in the Scottish leagues in the past who have then come back to Scotland. But the likes of Ojo recently announced, and then Hedges we've not seen in Scotland. Um, um, so it's it's going to be interesting. And well, I don't know, it's exciting. That I think one a lot of the reasons people say that. They wanted McInnes out was because it was getting a bit boring, a bit stale. Um, same sort of team, same sort of players, same sort of style of football as well. So with all these different players coming in, perhaps Thursday was an indication of a different style of play. Maybe, uh, maybe not. But at least it's something fresh, something a bit more exciting to see, um, which hopefully get the fans up and positive about the season ahead. 
are people really that fickle, Martin, that it's just to kind of sent to something new that they wanted as opposed to really being against the manager in particular? I think it is a little bit. I mean, you've saw, you saw, you saw Kilmarnock bring in you know, Steve Clark. Um, I know, and I've been enough of a wanker about Steve Clark on this podcast, and I'll happily do it again. You know, um, you know, he came in, and everybody thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you know, and McInnes, despite the fact, yes, they finished above us in the league. I understand that, um, but. You know, McInnes, con- we're, we're consistently we're, be- we're beating them. You know, Steve Clark came up here. I think people saw that and saw something different and something more attractive. Maybe looked at that, saw Celtic. You know, I know Celtic obviously having sort of almost untold wealth, attracting somebody like Brendan Rodgers. And it's kind of like you know, it's kind of peeking over the garden fence, looking at the looking at your neighbour's wife, isn't it? Thinking, oh, that's that's a bit better. Um, but you no, know, sometimes you no, know, you probably really should appreciate what we actually have. Well, what we had on Thursday was Derek McInnes' 299th game in charge of the Dons against Rops Rovanimi and uh, debuts for John Gallagher and Ryan Hedges. A couple of the other signings there were out through injury. Greg Lee and Craig Bryson in particular. The, the formation was also slightly different, Lewis. You talk about there being a change in terms of the faces, but it was, it was a 4-1-4-1 really on Thursday. Very attack-minded, whether that was primarily because of the strength of the opposition or whether this is something we might see rolled out again later this season. Yeah, I was in the pub beforehand and saw the team sheet and my first question was who's playing beside Lewis Ferguson and it turned out nobody did, um, which was pretty unusual. I don't, I can't imagine we'll be playing it anytime soon again. I think it's, well, to me it implied that McInnes knew that Rops were, are, well, are pretty weak. Um, and I would be surprised if we saw it again, especially with the signings of Ojo and obviously Bryson to come back as well. Um, but it's certainly interesting to see. I'm not entirely sure it worked um, to a great extent, but to see, I suppose, I suppose with Bryson out and Ojo not yet signed, um, you maybe didn't want to risk Campbell in a high-profile European game just yet. Um, and then it got got our new players on the park as well. But no, I don't. I can't imagine it'll be um, something we'll see over the next few weeks, months. Yeah, Martin, it is quite difficult to really gauge how it went because we it's impossible to gauge the comparative strength of the opposition. Uh, certainly, we dominated large patches of the game without ever really looking like we were going to totally run away with it. A lot of people pointing to the shots on goal and the number of shots we had. I think we had 33 in total, but a lot of the saves that uh, Reguero made, for my money anyway, were, were pretty straightforward. I don't know what you think. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, um, that's exactly what we said at the game. You know, there was a, there was a couple of a couple of really impressive saves, and you can't take that away from him. But the disappoint, I think the disappointment comes from you know, and I don't want to be too, I don't want to be hypercritical because it's you no, know, it is the first game of the season, so you don't want to kind of go overboard. But you know, some of the chances you're just looking, looking for them, you know, not to find the goalkeeper with every shot. You no, know, Cosgrove had a, you know, a couple where you know you just you work you put it either side the goalkeeper and. You know the game's the game is well and truly buried. As you, you're right to say, they were they were quite a weak weak team. It's kind of you don't know who to compare them to. I mean, I thought in the I thought Neil McGinn had a, a very good game, which it kind of reminded me of the you know, the Neil McGinn performance when he came on against Queen of the South um, last season. Um, I would I, I don't want to say that you no know, that Rops are of the level of Queen of the South, but you know, they were they were they were quite poor, and I thought that really. They only came into the game when we re- we obviously you know we started to tire, and he, despite the fact we made three substitutions, you could see there was a couple of guys that were struggling out there. No, they they didn't really offer very much, um, so it's it's disappointing that 
know, we've made their goalkeeper who you know, had a decent game. I don't think you would say he had a, had an excellent game. Their, their keeper had a decent game, but he's came out of that looking like you know man of the match. Well, there were a couple of debutants, as I said. Uh, Ryan Hedge is one of them. Uh, did play more centrally. Also, to be fair, the four behind Sam Cosgrove were interchangeable throughout quite a lot of the 90 minutes. Um, how do you think he did, Lewis? I think Hedge has looked decent. Yeah, technically quite a good player, it seems. Um, could be an asset, in, yeah, especially in the Scottish leagues. Um, had a good, I think, different sort of... I think Gallagher... Well, Gallagher was pretty pacey and a lot of energy. I don't think he had the technical ability that Hedges might do. Um, and that's something we've lacked a bit, so that's quite encouraging. Yeah, John Gallagher certainly got a lot of praise online afterwards, Martin. Um, very fast, very athletic. Uh, so for me, if, if this was football manager, he'd be getting a 17 of 18 in those categories, but maybe a four in creativity. We spoke about this at, uh, at the game, and um, you can tell that he spent time in the um, in the in the US football system. No, I, this isn't a criticism of him at all, but he's he's clearly an athlete first and a footballer second. Great, he can run for days. He can be busy in midfield because no, that's probably you know in in so, a lot of the league games this season. That's what we're going to need. You're going to need guys in there that can that can get stuck in, that can move about, be a bit physical, and no. Be have pure pace because you know sometimes I do think pre- previously we've maybe been a little bit slow in midfield, uh, but yeah I mean they were I thought they were both they were both though they both get certainly get pass marks anyway. Um, again it's hard to judge because of the the quality of the the opposition, but um, Gallagher I thought was you no know, there's there's enough to be excited about both of them, um, plenty to look forward to at least. Now, Lewis, notwithstanding the question marks over the opposition, there was clearly a distinct attempt to to play it shorter, certainly trying to work it into the box a bit more than than trying to hit the target man first off the bat. Uh, were you encouraged by this? I came out of the game pretty disappointed, and the, but then I went online and I saw people on social media saying it was the greatest thing they've seen in years, which I just couldn't get my head around. And then I listened to... Um, Willie Miller and Richard Gordon and they were saying the same thing so I'm glad to hear that you two are of the same mindset as me they were saying we should sign Gallagher tomorrow and that he's bloody incredible but I, th- I mean I thought we were decent I thought we tried to play a bit of football and that's, but I think I'm not entirely sure whether that was just because of the players we had on the team as opposed to a long term different type of strategy if we've got Cosgrove up there and you can't imagine we're going to play those four in the attacking midfield position again um in regular games I don't want to be too negative Because I mean we, we won the game And it's early I think everything Was offset By the fact that It's almost as if It's still pre-season isn't it? And there's a caveat Of the fitness I think that's why John Gallagher Looked a lot better Than some of the other players Because he's Put them more or less Halfway through a season um, Thanks to the American system So I think that Sort of offset Everything else So it's, it's just hard to It's hard to gauge Really where we're at And where the players are at And how this is going to affect the rest of the season, I think. Well, let me give you something you can be universally positive about, at least I hope, Lewis. Uh, Niall McGinn's <laughs> goal, um, there are still people out there that don't think Niall McGinn is worth a place in the Sardine team, but just a, a, another example, of he can do things that I don't think many other players in the team can do, and the first goal on Thursday night was an example of that. Yeah, no, he's still got it, um, which is brilliant. He's been feels like he's been around forever now, despite that wee stint away. It was a great, brilliant first touch around the corner and a lovely finish as well. I heard him say afterwards if Messi had scored it, we'd be talking about it for ages and ages. Um, and maybe that is the case. It was a great goal and great to see him. Hopefully he's had a 
good well or is having a good pre-season and he can start the season fully fit um, it's a bit frustrating having a few players on knocks who've only managed to pick up half an hour here and there so to see him come back from injury looking pretty good is um, yeah really encouraging yeah and the goal Martin came at a pretty good time because I think they were beginning to get some moans and groans around the place and uh, the sort of flurry early on had died down a bit yeah, it had. I mean, McGinn would McGinn, especially in the first half, McGinn had given their their fullback, you know, a pretty much you know, a really rough time, and you know, I felt kind of started to feel kind of sorry for him because McGinn is you know he's a, he is a classy player, and he can do things that you, know, you say that you no know, the guys in the Aberdeen team and oh, on his day he's one of the best players in Scotland. Um, he just we've spoken about the consistency and you no know, we, we we want to see more from him because it shows what he can do, it shows how good he is, and it shows how he me- he merits. No, a place in the a place in the starting eleven. But yeah, yeah, it was it was getting a little bit restless. You, know, you were kind of thinking, no, we, we need, we just need, we need to get a goal here because you don't want to get the last thing you want to do is get to probably get to half time at nil nil. And you know, play starts getting restless. You know, a, a misplaced pass suddenly becomes you know everybody on the players' backs. Last thing you want first game of the season. Um, so it came at the, it did come eventually. It came at the perfect time. It just settled everybody down. Um, and it was just it was fantastic from McGinn. You know, just again, he's one of those guys you you pay to watch. And really, the the second felt like it should have come at a really good time as well, Martin, because right at the start of the second half, should in theory have put a, a stop to any thoughts Rops had of coming out and being more open in that second half, and should have been the platform just to go and put this tie to bed. Uh, it should have been. I think that everybody around us was thinking the same thing where. It's okay. It's going to be. How many goals is this going to be? No, we're gonna we're gonna put this one to bed. Um, I know the set. I know we're thinking the second tie is going to be a formality, and you know it just again th- th- this then becomes the keeper pulling off you know save after save in the second half, which you know, not all of them were fantastic. Some of them were you know with really through our poor poor finishing. It would you know, I thought it two 0 this is you no. Know, this is it. We're home and hose. We're going to get. We'll get a couple more here. And it just never came. We just never managed to find that the the killer final ball or that killer moment or that just that good bit of, good bit of finishing. Which you no, know, like say like I said earlier, Cosgrove missed a couple of a couple of chances that he really should have been putting away. But it is first game of the season. You know, I don't don't want to be negative. You know, because I think there is that. I know, look, you look at that squad, there is good things to come from them. So, um, no, we won the game. I think that is the most important thing anyway. But, uh, Lewis, we probably all resigned to 2 0 when we were all going to take that. It was going to be not quite cigars out for the second leg, but certainly a, a degree of comfort. But then, suicidally, and it's been a trend in European home games, particularly under Derek McInnes, of conceding silly. Silly goals at home. In fact, not just on European games. Think of the points we dropped at home last season in the league. Shea Logan, definitely the main culprit here. But uh, then, after Logan gifts the ball back to them, he and uh, Michael Devlin are both playing statues at the through ball. It was real sick now, because, yeah, 2-0. Well, we should have been 3-4-5 and gone home all happy, delighted, and the second leg would have been a formality, but yeah, it was real sick, and put a right damper on the night, I think there's booze at the full time because of it um, yeah, at that stage of the game you've got to be clearing your lines, getting it out as far as possible, but I think we, we seem to have set, um, sat back a bit the last half an hour or so, as opposed to trying to get maybe a third or a fourth, which um, yeah, came back to bite us a bit, I think And how much of that do you think was fitness, Martin? I, th- 
think there's a, I think there is a fair, a fair point to that. I mean, part of the way that I think they lined up to play, and you were mentioned obviously about a lot more, uh, the kind of pa- more short passing and things like that was probably to kind of get the ball to do more of the work than ra- be running about because you know it's so early in the season and you know they've had you know, well they've had a pre-season. You know, it, it's only been what is it eight weeks ago that the season finished. It, it seems like twenty minutes ago. Um, so yeah, I think it is. A, there is tiredness as well. You know, it, it comes from the fact you're looking at Logan there. Just kick it into the stand. You know, just stick it out for a shy, and it'll have been fine. But but little bit of slackness, and then they didn't even panic. They just weren't paying attention. And the guy, you no, know, they sailed through in between him and him and Devlin. You know, Joe Lewis has had pretty much nothing to do for 93 minutes, and then you know. His shirt gets dirty because he has to go. He has to go try and make a save, and then has to pick a ball at the net. Um, you could tell he was absolutely furious, and quite rightly as well, because if I'm being, you know, if we're being totally honest here, Rops didn't deserve a goal out of that game. But they got one, and it finished two-one yep. on the night. Um, so it means that, as I say, a second leg, which should have been something of a formality, becomes. It might still end up being a formality, but certainly is one which full attention has to be paid. And I suppose that might not end up being a terribly bad thing. Uh, but on Sunday evening, we signed Belgian midfielder Funzo Ojo. Ineligible for the second leg of the Rops tie, but would be available for the second qualifying round should we make it. Now, uh, Ojo has spent his career mainly in Holland. Planning his trade with Scunthorpe over the last couple of seasons. Now, a very good first season for him and the club was followed by relegation last season, which left a player and club in dispute. Now, the Dons and Hibs both agreed a fee in the region of 125000 with the Glanford Park Club and then duked it out in an old-fashioned transfer brawl. Has to be said, Lewis, after a summer of quietly going about our business, it's been a proper, genuine transfer saga, hasn't it been? Yeah, and a bit of excitement as well. It's good to see in the summer months. There wasn't really any speculation at all about him until, yeah, a few days ago. It looked like Hibs had signed him. All the all the fans on Twitter were buzzing for him to sign for Hibs, and then suddenly McInnes is driving down and picking him up and taking him home. Um, so I know it's good to see. And uh, there's some silly comments about why why would he choose Aberdeen over Hibs? I mean, there's no no question really. So there's no no debate whatsoever. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting one, Martin. Listening to Paul Heckenbottom playing the uh, spurned boyfriend. Um, Quite funny from a man who walked out in an improved deal at Barnsley after five days to sign for Leeds. Yeah, he's he's going to be fun, isn't he? For the four he's months he'll be here, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a manager that can that can be gotten to. Um, not and that's not just by Derek McInnes. I can see, I can see some of the managers in the league um, having having some fun with him. That kind of carry on in the in the press conferences. It's not what. It's not what any supporter of, of a team wants to see. If McInnes was talking and behaving like that, I'd be, would be, we would be thoroughly embarrassed. I, I guess he has to come out and defend his club and say, you know, what a great place Hibs, great club Hibs are, and what a great place Edinburgh is, and why would he want to go to Aberdeen? But as as Lewis says there, I mean, let's come on. No, there's there's no comparison between the two clubs. You know, if if you're offered, you're always picking Aberdeen. But that little beef, that little spat aside, most importantly from our point of view, and the way presumably that Derek McInnes will want to play this season, Lewis, is that finally, two years later, it seems we've properly got a Ryan Jack replacement to play that screening midfield role. When Jack left, there was a lot of, you know, trying to let 
try and pretend he wasn't a very good player because of where he left and things. But I think everyone knew, well, a lot of people knew he is, he is a pretty accomplished centre midfielder and he's someone who took the ball, recycled it, gave it to the players who can play um, with a bit more flair. And yeah, we absolutely missed it and it's good to see he looks like that sort of player. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about him whatsoever, but that's what he said and it sounds good to me. So hopefully he can come in and do the business in that position, yeah. I can't imagine too many of us will know that much about him. I had hoped to get in touch with someone from a, a Scunthorpe podcast to discuss him. Maybe you'll get that pleasure in, ne- uh, in next week's show. I think it's important that people realise you know, what he is going to bring and what he isn't going to bring. I, I, I don't expect him to bring goals or, in fact, assists. I expect him to play a very specific role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, from from what you, you know, the bits you can find online on him, what you can read, and you know, a little clips here and there, you know, you're 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 absolutely right to suggest that he'll be like he is a Ryan Jack replacement. Um, so um, you don't expect him to be getting forward. Don't expect him to be breaking, you know, breaking it in the box. I think you know he's a guy who gets the ball and gives it, give, gets the wins the ball and gives it to the more talented players. Um, I know and and does a can and drop and do defensive job as well. Which if that's what he's if that's what he does, that's what he's there for. If that's what he's, he's earmarked for. That's what the manager wants from him. Then no more power to him because no, you know, the, 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 he's been the manager has been backed by with money. You no, know, we've complained before about no, it's not signing anybody. Not no, we don't pay fees for anybody. Well, no, the manager has been backed with this one. Um, so. But let's hope he's got it right. I think the other aspect, Lewis, was that, okay, uh, Dylan McGeech, I, I think it's maybe fair to assume, were, was first choice. But clearly, it, we didn't have all our eggs in that basket. Um, this has been, you know, we've had the bid accepted for audio for a few weeks. So it, it wasn't a case, as we've done in previous seasons, of waiting right to the end of the transfer window to actually to hope that we got Dylan McGeech and in the meantime missing out on other targets. Yeah, and that's good to see. Hopefully, Ojo is just as good as McGeoch. We know McGeoch can be, and he was not our second best. Um, and yeah, it's good to see. Although I suppose it was a bit more in the papers than some signings are, it was all done in the background until as late as possible, um, which is what we like to do. And um, again, he's he's been saying how important uh, McInnes was to that. And well, yeah, I think McInnes has got his critics. Um, he's plays a massive part in signing these players and a massive part of convincing these players to come here as well, um, which I think we would sorely lack if he wasn't there. Um, so yeah, let's hope he hits the ground running. Hopefully, hopefully he's fit. I'm not sure if he's been training with Scunthorpe already or not, but hopefully he comes in all guns blazing. Yeah, there was, uh, I mean, from the flurry of words, both from Higginbottom and from McInnes, uh, there was some interesting stuff came out of Ojo's um chat with Red TV last night, Martin, about about the links that Derek McInnes will go to to uh, to try and convince the signing to choose Aberdeen about the difference he obviously makes to uh, that personal relationship that he has and, and with players that are already at the club as well. I think quite a few of them wouldn't still be here if it weren't for Derek McInnes. It, it, it's clear that you've got a very big cheerleader for for Aberdeen, for what the club's trying to do in our manager. Well, yeah, I mean, no, it goes back to what we spoke about earlier on. You know, he's 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 extended his deal. You know, he's he's been here for for quite for no several years as well. No, he's not he's not at a club like Hibs who have you no know, regularly changed their manager in recent history, and also are a bit of a yo-yo club. Uh, but you know, he's got McInnes who is able to phone, able to phone this guy and say, "Look, come to Aberdeen. You can show them 
what what we're serious though. He he can no. You're on the phone to this lad saying, "I've just signed a new deal. I'm going to be here for for another couple of years as well." No, there, there's lots to be excited about. We're in Europe. They've got all these things that are selling points, and the manager believing in clearly believing in. I, I, I hate I hate to use the term, but the manager believing in the project or whatever you call it, but the, no, the ongoing the ongoing success in the next couple few years for Aberdeen Football Club. No, the manager clearly believing in that by signing a new deal would be attractive to players because, you know, you, you, if you've got a manager who you no know, might not be here in November because he's getting getting punted out, like you know, I know you joked about you know Heckenbottom lasting four months, he might only last four months, and then. Now, where does where does Ojo find himself if he signs there and a new manager comes in and doesn't fancy him? And you've got that thing where it's it's a consistency at the club. And McInnes is clearly clearly loves Aberdeen. No, there's no secret. He hasn't made any secret of that. And the players obviously the players have obviously you know got a, a great affinity for him as well. And they're and while there clearly is a manager a manager player you know, relationship, though they clearly all like him and there's there's they're all very positive about him, which. Without being the kind of you know the kind of matey kind of you no know, joke shop kind of atmosphere that we've had under maybe the old, older regimes, this is one where I think it's it's quite positive and there is a lot of positivity around the club. One last thing, I know, you, Lewis, have you got any concerns about the way he went about getting himself out of the uh, Scunthorpe contract and how um, that might be repeated, perhaps? No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um... He's uh, he's got a funny bit of a funny um, career trajectory in that he was he was actually in the Eredivisie. I didn't realise for a good few years, and then to go down to League One at Scunthorpe. Uh, let's just put it down to him wanted to join a big club like Aberdeen. Okay, um, so by Aberdeen standards over recent years, I would say we've probably got quite a, a bloated squad, really, Martin. Um, some of that is obviously bulked up by having youngsters in and around the squad, and it's quite encouraging to see Ethan Ross and obviously Dean Campbell still in and about for those friendly matches and that European match. Um, if you're being greedy, and, you know, who knows if we are or are not finished with our business, but if you're being greedy, where could we maybe still do with reinforcements? Who else would you like to see? What other positions, rather, would you like to see strengthened? If, if I was being really greedy, uh, Mucha, um, I'd like I would like a, a perhaps a slightly more mobile um, and more f- more football playing centre forward uh, to come in. Is that not James Wilson? Well, I don't think Wilson will be playing up front very much, but no, that's to be that remains to be seen. Um, I think we'll see. I think we'll see be seeing quite a lot of Sam Cosgrove up front by himself and um, many many midfielders. Um, hopefully wrong. Um, but um, I get I do get the suspicious feeling that Wilson will be more of a supporting a supporting character rather than the, the main man up front. Um, but I would I'd be delighted to be wrong. Um, that would be again. But that would be I'd be being very greedy. Um, if I look at the squad, um, the things that we've said before, where there's weaknesses in the squad, you know, um, and I know that you know we we joked last week about you know, the utility man. Um, Obviously, John Gallagher, um, but you know, we've got somebody who can who he can play right back. He can chat. No, there's a bit of a challenge there for Logan. Um, we've got someone else who can. You know, if if Considine is going to play left back, we've got Lee who can challenge for that as well. Um, you know, there is. You know, Scott Wright. You no, know, we've not even mentioned him. I thought Scott Wright had a really good game on Thursday. Um, with ha- having him there as well means that you no know, McLennan, Hedges, uh, McGinn. Um, there is you know, there's there's challenges up for a place, so there is a lot of strength in the team. You know, from where we were looking four weeks ago, 
um, and we were saying, oh, we don't have a midfield. If you look at it now, um, especially now that Ojo's came in as well, um, I wouldn't quite go as far as to say I had embarrassment at riches, but we are looking, we're looking really, really strong. Um, and you know, I know it's uncharacteristic for this podcast, but I am absolutely really, really positive about the season coming. What about yourself, Lewis? Where do you think needs attention, or would you rather just leave it so that uh, we've got the opportunity for some of the younger players to step up if there's an opportunity? I actually agree completely with Martin in that I'd love a more mobile centre forward up there, um, but I also appreciate it's very, very unlikely that that's going to happen. We can maybe do with another centre midfielder. I'm basing that on the fact that Ojo, Bryson, and Ferguson will all start when they're fit. Um, you'd imagine that would be the case, and then. We could do with another, um, another there to, for a bit of competition and in case of injuries and things with, um, Gleason. It looks well. It looks potentially that he's out the door. I'm not seeing him or it looks like Wilson got his number as well, I think. But other than that, we've got cover. Like, for, yeah, for years we were wanting, um, cover for Logan. It looks like we've got that. We've got four centre halves, um, presuming McKenna isn't sold. So, yeah, no, we're looking pretty good. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't complain too much and you can't be too greedy, I suppose, either. So on to Thursday and the second leg in Finland. Uh, we alluded to it earlier, Martin. We're going over. We wouldn't have minded at all if it had been the four or five nil in the, uh, the game, just a total afterthought, would we? I, I joked saying that I didn't want the tie to be completely out of sight um, when I was sitting the game. What I meant by that to my pals was I was hoping it, I was looking for about three nil. You know, um, I wasn't looking for eight or nine, and then you know Derek to take over. You know. No, no disrespect to him, but take over guys like Anti Nazi and all these lads because the game's finished. But yeah, I was really, I was kind of, no, I was kind of hoping it would be a little, um, a little more relaxed. Um, but it's going to go over there, so we're, we're going over. It's going to be a game, you know, because as you said earlier, we can't afford to not to be a hundred percent serious and full on because one goal and one goal against us, and you no, know, we're in a really sticky situation. It'll be different on the plastic pitch, of course, uh, but. With the ability that some of our players have, uh, I really don't expect us to us to slip up in any way. But it needs to be, you know, a one hundred percent serious, you no know, eyes on the prize and you no know, business faces on. But that margin of error has completely gone, hasn't it, Lewis? And it, we're very capable of throwing in a shitty performance. And uh, I think back to the game against Fulham Esh away from home. But weren't for that very last minute penalty kick by Adam Rooney, they would have knocked us out. So you've got a concern as well about the fact that it's a plastic pitch, you're travelling away from home, etc, etc, etc. It's just difficulties and problems we shouldn't have had to face. Yeah, and that's the real annoying bit from Thursday is that it shouldn't have happened. Well, I wasn't all that impressed with us on Thursday. I don't think they'll threaten us too much. And um, I saw, I think they just won once at home all season I mean yeah there's a lot of variables that might happen but I'm confident that it might have been the yeah a, a, almost a good kick in the balls that, that we conceded that we there's no yeah there is no margin further like you say we have to go there to win we can't go there just to um, sit back and hope for a nil-nil or a score a draw um, we should go there and go there and try and beat them and we should beat them with the players we've got hopefully with another week's training we should we should be confident enough yeah, there certainly shouldn't be any surprises about the way they play, Martin. And you think if they really have to come out and go for it, it's probably going to suit us. We're we're a good team away from home normally, aren't we? We, we usually are. Yeah, um, they have to they have to get a goal. They have to try and do something. They have to. Yeah, the, if they if they come out and they're open, we'll have we'll have some success. You know, 
we spoke on you spoke about how good Nell we spoke about how good Nell McGinn was. You know, if he plays plays anywhere like he did last Thursday, um, he's going to he's going to cut them open again, and we're going to have lots of chances. Just comes down to being clinical with them. Um, I'd rather have you know, I'd rather have two chances and score two goals and have thirty odd whatever it was thirty four thirty three chances and only score two. It should be so straightforward, you no? Know, but it's it's Aberdeen. It's never straightforward with Aberdeen. So. What about the lineup, Lewis? Uh, do you anticipate or would you make any changes? I mean, obviously Craig Bryson is the one we all want to see playing, but uh, he wasn't risked on a dodgy surface at Elgin. I can't imagine him getting his first uh, minutes of the season on a plastic pitch, can you? No, I can't either. We've not really heard much of how he's getting on, but I can't imagine he'll be starting. I think we might see Dean Campbell. Obviously, he'll be used to playing a lot of, a lot of plastic pitches as a young kid and you can't imagine I'll just be Ferguson on his own again obviously Ojo isn't registered yet um, so I think we might see Dean Campbell come in which would be good to see him play um, and yeah I can't I can't see Bryson come back which is a shame but I mean hopefully he's fit soon enough OK well that's Thursday night over in Finland uh, as I said both myself and Martin are heading over so uh, we'll try and bring you some of the hijinks from over there as well give you a flavour of what's happening uh, obviously if you don't want to follow any of that then feel free to uh, unsubscribe from our Twitter feeds for the week only if you promise to come back afterwards but for this week my thanks to Lewis Walker thank you Thank you. Apologies for my insane ramblings. People can find your blog at? At whatastramash.com Excellent. There's the obligatory plug. Uh, Martin, <laughs> thank you to you. Where can people find your blog? Uh, I don't have a blog. Thank Richard, but, God um... for that, says the watching world. Anyway, um, <laughs> we will be back next week, hopefully, with a with a tie against either... Uh, Chakura of Georgia of Fola Esh of Luxembourg awaiting us next week so until then come on you Reds <laughs> <laughs>